When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Here's some tips for maintaining your Trex deck. Um, occasionally wash it with some soapy water or a pressure cleaner. Trex composite decking is low maintenance and won't fade, splinter or warp. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Live around Australia on SEN, welcome to Off The Tee. Talking all things golf with Nick O'Hearn and Sam Hargraves. Yes, indeed. Welcome to Off the Tee, our dedicated golfing show, part of the Sporting Capital on SEN. And as every week goes by in golf, there is no shortage of things to talk about. And this week is no exception. And then there's just no better person to talk about all those doings and events and things that are occurring than the former world number 16. Uh, and the only person with a 2-0 and match play record against Tiger Woods, Nick Ahern. Hello to you. G'day, Sam. Great to talk all things golf again. Uh, it certainly is. Uh, why don't we start uh, with this? I think I had to prove to probably myself and, and some other people that I'm still a great player. You know, I'm still out here to win golf tournaments and I'm proud of how I hung in there today. Didn't really have my best stuff, I think, uh, the first eight or nine holes, but uh, stuck it tough and made a few good putts uh, coming in. It was nice. So that was Cam Smith uh, in his third live tournament, uh, which was at uh, Rich Harvest Farms in Chicago. He earns his biggest payday in golf in any tournament he's ever played. Um, just uh, taking around $6 million Australian dollars, better than the 5.3 he earned for taking out the players and the 3.7 he earned for taking out the Open Championship. So um, it was a... a it was a matter of when and not if Nick Ahern that Cam Smith was going to claim a live event, but this was happening in direct competition to uh, the PGA opener. And it looked for all, it, it looked on face value, like the better lineup was uh, with live. How did you see this weekend, which we'll get to in just a moment, but what did you make of Cam's performance? Mm. Well, as he said, he didn't really have his best stuff early on in the third round and, meaning the final round yep, because it's 54 <laughs> holes for obvious reasons. He's just cashed his biggest check ever. So that's, that's impressive. You know, 6 million Aussie, um, which overtakes the, the amount that he, that he earned at the players championship mm. uh, and the open championship. But uh, as you said, it was just a matter of when rather than if, because Cam Smith, look, he is the best player in the field there. Number three in the world at the moment, Dustin Johnson, Jochen Neiman and the other players inside the top 20. So um, they're the big three at the moment on that tour. And, you know, when they talk, the interesting thing about the live tour for me is when they say, oh, we've got the 48 best players in the world at the moment, that's obviously not true. You know, there's probably 10 or 12 that are unbelievable golfers and some of the best players in the world, but the rest of them, um, aren't quite there, you know, amongst that elite company. So I can see DJ and Cam Smith dominating these events until the end of the year. I mean, if either one of those two guys doesn't win, a couple more, I'll, be, I'll actually be quite surprised. So, you know, for them, it's 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 great. You know, they're 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 pushing forward the brand of Live Golf and and making Greg Norman happy. Obviously, that their superstars are, are winning uh, each tournament as it goes along. Uh, you've got 
a variety of other things happening with the, with the golf. I sort of tuned in briefly to see a couple of things, a couple of shots here and there. And again, it doesn't excite me that much to watch that format of golf. However, it is bringing a new crowd to the game of golf. That's for sure. I mean, the music, the, the, uh, the vibe that's going around in these golf tournaments uh, is bringing a much younger crowd. Now, you know, the traditionalists and the historians will be saying it's possibly not the right crowd that they want there, but that's okay. We're just getting more eyeballs on the game and getting them out playing golf, hopefully, in the future. Uh, it was a three-shot win over Peter Uline, and then Dustin Johnson uh, equals second. Sergio Garcia was five shots back. So was Joaquin Neiman, uh, Louis Oosthuizen, Charles Schwartzel, um, and Phil Mickelson, um, and who was uh, in the end with Chase Kepka and Bryson DeChambeau, Laurie Cantor, um, at six under as well. So... It was good to see Phil play well, by the way. I mean, he shot probably his best round. He shot at least yeah, 66. 66 last round for his uh, tight eighth. And he also mentioned afterwards he may drop out of the lawsuit, which is interesting. He, he sort of said, well, you know, I, I don't think I need to be involved anymore since Live Golf is now in the lawsuit. So he's trying to get them to work with the PGA Tour a bit more, which is interesting. So why don't we just talk about, why don't we just skip to that? Because he has gone on record this week hoping for peace talks. He, he hopes that the uh, PGA and that Liv can find a way to, to coexist and, and maybe even coexist together. Is this pie in the sky stuff from Phil? Is this uh, Phil um, looking, being a premonition Phil or? Mm. Well, it, it's interesting. You know, I heard some comments uh, earlier today about what does the PGA Tour gain from this? Which is an interesting question, isn't it? I mean, the, the only thing they're going to gain is live not taking their players. Now, they've mm. brought out all these new elevated events, more prize money, more pip money, all this sort of stuff that they're, they're piling to the play. So they're looking after their players very well. So Better than they ever have. Exactly. So I'm actually not sure if the PGA Tour want to get involved and want to do anything with them. So now it's a case of live golf is going to maybe try and reach out and start wanting to coexist with them, which I'm not sure Greg Norman's on board with that. He's always said... This is the best tour. We're going to overtake everyone, but I'm not sure that's going to happen either. So, but he sort of has to say that, doesn't well, he? Because does. they need to still think that the live tour presents a clear and present danger, mm. and we still don't know how many other players might leave. I mean, the big one they wanted was Matsuyama, and they didn't get him. But that doesn't mean that they're done. No, no, they're definitely not. Um, and there's still a lot to play out in the courts, as we know. For yes. and, and there's still decisions to be made on world ranking points. There's still decisions to be made on the majors. We know that Tiger and Rory are campaigning pretty strongly for the majors to not include the live players. That's true. So there is still so much to play out. What do you think it would take the PGA to come to the table? I don't think they're going to. That's the interesting thing. Um, it, it, the, what the if only... they lose a couple more top tenors? Yeah. Well, then, again, I don't know if that, that'll still happen because they'll still have the majority of the top 50 players in the world. After the President's Cup this week, which is the next event you know, on, on the tour schedule, mm. it'll be interesting to see if anyone from those teams goes. Uh, because I know you know there's, there's players that have always wanted to play in a team event, a Ryder, a Ryder Cup or a, or a President's Cup. Um, you know, Norman said earlier in the week that he sort of left it with Cam and Leash to maybe have a chat with Scotty and, and see if he can get him to come over because you know, I believe Norman and, and, and Scotty, you know, things broke down with them quite a while ago when there was a chance that Scotty may go over there. So who knows what's going to happen there? We're going to have to wait and see. But again, I think for the next 
couple of years at least, or a year, a year or so. I mean, who knows what's going to happen next year with the live schedule? They may change everything around next year. We don't know that. They're they're able to do that at at, at a whim, basically. So we'll uh, we'll see where it all lands up. But at the moment, I don't think the PGA Tour are going to have a chat with them, and and live will continue do, doing what they're doing. So for the golf fan out there, it's You've got a choice, that's for sure. Unfortunately, we're not seeing all the best players play together on a consistent mm. basis. Hopefully, we'll see that next year at the majors. Wouldn't? What if Liv starts to actually make money? So what if the TV deal does come? What And what if it's a big one? And then what if they do sell their teams? And so there is major backing that comes in. And then all of a sudden, it's not just, you know, an attempt at mm. a regime to curry favour and a sports wash or whatever we think or whatever that people believe this is. But what if it then becomes a viable entity? Well, then I guess they'll have to have a look at it at, yeah. at, at that point. Um, none of the networks are going to get involved at this stage, I believe, except the only ones I think maybe is Fox. Uh, that, that That's all I've heard. That's kind of all that's left on the table. So, mm. you know, there, there was... are how many streaming companies out yeah. there well, uh, at the moment on it and, and all that sort of stuff. So that's right. They did yeah, too, yeah. but they're not the only ones though, are no, they? I mean, no, there's, yeah. That's so true. it, it, I, I, it sounds like I'm campaigning for it. I, <laughs> I just feel like it's, they're, they're in a, um, well, I suppose it's, it's a matter of, it's not a who blinks first situation, but they're just sort of keeping at bay from each other. Yeah, they are at the moment, yeah. And and I mean and Norman's something will need something will give at some point or they will just coexist forever as as different entities, but I Maybe. just get the feeling that something's going to cause them to have to speak to each other at some point. Yeah, you're right on the TV deal. If something happens there, that'll that'll really sort of kickstart mm. them for as well. The world rankings is, is the next biggest thing. And, and Norman at the moment is calling for, okay, why can't we get these world ranking points? We need to push this uh, agenda up and things like that. It's just not the way it works. They have to, you know, number one, have the criteria to get world ranking which points. Which they don't. Which they don't, as we've spoken about yep. in previous shows. And then if they did have the criteria, there's still a waiting process. So that's still at least a year off, maybe two years. So... All those players, as we've said in the past, they're, they're losing points left, right and centre, which is why they're trying to play these DP World events yeah. and, and Asian Tour events. And that's going to be, a, again, more Who sticking knows? point coming up. So. If Greg promises, you know, gets him in the door and then says, hey, we're going to get these ranking points, but we're going to 72 holes. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> you still don't have to play as many tournaments, though. But we, we think we can get ranking points if we go to 72. I think they'd swallow it. Oh, um, of course they would. Greg Norman's uh, Instagram post with a photo of uh, of Cam Smith. Um, you sent this to me today. Who's questioning the real one and two in the world? Now, who's he referring to there? Because Cam Smith, when he left, was the number two in the world. Uh, the number one in the world, uh, Scotty Scheffler, is not with Liv. Who is he referring to there? I'll get your answer to that in a moment. On top of that, they are happy. Their families are happy. Their wives are happy. Their caddies are happy. The Live Golf team is a family. Everyone is in this together. This has never happened on the PGA Tour. As Cam Smith has said, we have given golf a heartbeat. The fans hold us accountable. They are holding the PGA Tour accountable. They are holding the OWGR accountable. That's the world rankings. How can the OWGR ignore the fact that the two best players in the world, at Cameron Smith and at Dustin Johnson, play on the Live Tour? When the fans speak, listen, golf is a force for good. Dustin Johnson's not the number one or two player in the world, Greg. No, apparently, currently he's number twenty-three. I just looked that up on the world rankings, but uh, but he has dropped obviously because yep. he hasn't played any tour events. So he, yep. he he's probably a top ten player at the moment. I would say again, he's 
he's performing incredibly well in this these live golf formats. It suits him down to the ground. It has very much a very not much of a care factor. He's already paid been paid a boatload of money. I don't think money's that big of a deal for Dustin Johnson anyway. He's always had that very much relaxed uh, style about him. Obviously, he mm. went for the money originally to go, but you know when you've got all at all, he'll just he's in party mode for all, 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 he, all, yep. all his events that he plays, and he plays his best when he is in that mode. So um, we'll, we'll see where he goes. And to me, at the moment, Rory McIlroy is the number one player in the world, anyway. Uh, Matt Jones came tied for 16th at that event. Wade Hornsby and Jed Morgan tied for 37th, and Mark Leishman uh, was tied for. 44th. So that's uh, the live stuff. Well, Team Punch, I just want to mention, they came yep. fourth. They picked up prize money, which is great. That's the Aussie team, obviously. Yes. Of, um, yeah, Jones, Ornsby, and uh, Leishman, and Smith. But obviously, Smith did most of the uh, the legwork in that regard. But yeah, they carried a fair portion yeah. of the load. But uh, they split another quarter of a million dollars between them. So there luck. we go. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> big beggar's belief, doesn't it? It's it mind-blowing. Staggering the what, amount of money. Um, one, other, come, one other thing yep. I have to mention, which I don't know if you if you see it on social media, but Bryson DeChambeau had a bit of a an altercation with a gallery rope, so that so there was a rope you know that that separates the mm. gallery from the fairway. He was trying to get under it, and a guy was lifting the rope at the same time. It caught his cap, got his eye, and all this, and he collapsed over. It was like an Academy Award. It was like watching someone you know in in, in the Premier League soccer just fall when they don't even get touched. It was yeah. quite, it was actually quite funny. You I took think, a dive, you reckon? Well, I think there was a bit of a scar on there, but yeah. the commentator, the interesting thing, it was a bit of an awkward silence, and you know someone's going to say something, and the commentator says, oh, off with his head, which is probably the oh, wrong thing to say at a no, live golf event. No, so no, no. I, I wonder if that commentator's going to be there next uh, next event. Surely that's on a list that you've got <laughs> next to, and, and far be it from me to ever um, have a crack at another commentator, but I would have that on the list of things that I dare not say exactly. and would never say. Oh, dearie me. Uh, that might be the all-time gaff. Um, when we come back, uh, from a PGA point of view, interesting that the field um, for, for this event was uh, min- uh, was diminished, you would say, with all due respect, because of the looming President's Cup, which uh, starts in a couple of days' time. Nick Ahern, Sam Hargraves, this is Off the Tee. You're listening to Off the Tee with Nick O'Hearn and Sam Hargraves. Listen back to any part of the show you might have missed by subscribing to the Off the Tee podcast. Just say about making big shots when you have to. Wow. Oh, he's not done yet. Not done yet at all. And I am not sure that I believe what I just saw here. I don't. It is Max Homa who defends and wins the opener of the PGA Tour season here in Napa. That was the extraordinary conclusion to the Fortnet um, that I'm still trying to get my head around Nick Ahern. So Max Homer chips in for birdie on the 72nd hole. He wins it, the, uh, the Fortinet Championship, second straight year, Danny Willett, three-putted. 
Yeah. Was on the par five for three. He three putted within four feet uh, to go down by a stroke. It's one of those instances you probably see once every 10 years, I would say. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, so, so to set the scene, Willett had a one-stroke lead playing 18, hits his third shot to three and a half feet. Beautiful shot. Max Homer was in the greenside bunker in two, fats it out of there, so now he's next to the green in three. Has to chip in for birdie to make Willett hole his putt to win the tournament still. The chip goes in. I mean, it had speed on it. It was, wasn't an easy chip, and it no. was just amazing. It went in, but we still thought, okay, Willett's going to knock this in. But to be fair to Willett, he had a downhill slider left to right. And in those instances, you have to say to yourself, well, do I just kind of die it in, or do I be aggressive and be firm? And to his credit, I think he, he did the right thing. He tried to take the break out, hit it firm, but unfortunately... If you, if you pull it or push it and you don't catch the hole, which he didn't, it's going five feet past. Just, it, it looks for, I reckon, 85 to 90% of the journey dead centre. And then just at that last moment, I reckon it breaks. Well, the angle that I've looked at, the, the second part. The second part, yeah. Not the, the first part. No, the first part oh, was the, a complete pull. No. <laughs> I, I have a little bit of sympathy for Danny because I was in that situation at the PGA many years ago when I won the PGA in a playoff. I had a three-footer on the last hole to win. I did the same thing, tried to be aggressive, pulled it, missed it. Luckily, I made the three and a half footer coming back. If I'd have missed that, I, I would have crawled into a shell. But Danny, to his credit, again, fronted the media afterwards, said all the right things and said, look, I'll be back again to, to give it another shot. But, I mean, that's going to hurt. That is really going to test his willpower and mental fortitude for quite some time. And, and Homer, he just plays solid golf and he was the best player in the field. And for him to defend, it's, it, that's his fourth win in his 41 starts. And he's on a tear at the moment. What did you make about the field? As I said, for the first time ever, convincingly, given that there was the live going on at the same time, the field for the names that live had far outweighed what the PGA threw up in the season opener because we know the President's Cup is starting um, early Friday morning our time. Yeah, I mean, the FedEx Cup's just finished. A lot of the guys are taking time off, all the top players. Um, they're resting up for the President's Cup this week, mm. the US players who are playing. Um, but... At the same time, it's the first event of the season, so a lot of the big guys aren't going to play that because they, they want to have a bit of a break, mm. you know. So, and that's the thing about the PGA Tour; they they've got too many tournaments. They really do have. They need to cut some of these off, and they're going to do it, I think, in twenty twenty four. But at the moment, they've still got the wraparound season. It's a good opportunity for players who no one's really heard of uh, to to make a name for themselves. Well, that's a nice little lead in because there was some good news from an Australian golfing point of view, and we've been speaking over the last few weeks of a young man by the name of Harrison Endicott, who um, you've been telling his story from the qualifying tour to get his PGA card. And this is his first PGA event, and he finishes tied for 12th uh, and makes $140,000 uh, at his first uh, um, fully qualified uh, PGA tournament. Yeah, he's got full status now coming off the Corn Ferry Tour. And your first outing, I mean, that's awesome. And But the impressive thing was he made the cut on the number. So he had to hold a cup, two or three foot putt on the Friday to make the cut. Yeah. Came out Saturday and lit it up, shot 65 to move mm. inside the top 10. Sort of didn't really play that great on the Sunday, but but still tied for 12th. That's an, an amazing effort. He birdied two of his last three holes, which was great because it was a bit of a slow day for him. He ended up shooting an even par round. And uh, that's, a, that's a fantastic start for Harrison. I mean, I'm, I'm really pleased for him. And he had his whole family over there and they were cheering him on. It was some great scenes. Yeah, absolutely. It is just a phenomenal story. And he, but he's been living that life, hasn't he? Because when you're trying to qualify and you're trying to stay in a bracket of players, you are having those moments on a regular basis where you're it, you're living and dying by that line. 
you're constantly watching where that line's moving and are you inside it or are you outside it? So I wonder whether that helps in the, oh, I'm sure it does help in the development of players to, to, to be under constant pressure because you'll find yourself under that when you do make the tour. Well, that's the beauty of golf is it's so cutthroat and, mm. you know, I'm going to flip back to the live. That's what they've taken out of it. There's, there's all the guaranteed stuff now. There's no cuts and there's no real pressure on those guys anymore. Whereas on the PGA Tour and every other tour around the world, if you don't play well, you're not going to make any money and you're going to lose your job. So that's the beauty of and the nature of golf from the outset. It's always been that way. And for a player like Endicott to get off to such a good start, that's awesome. The other guy who, who I think uh, amongst the Aussies or next best finisher was Cameron Percy. Shot a really good last yep. round, 67 to finish tied 25th. You talk about journeyman. Cameron Percy is a journeyman. He's He's been around that, that fringe his whole career, sometimes on the tour, sometimes off it. And, and I really hope for Cam's sake he has, a, he has an outstanding year and is able to gain that full status that he really wants. And, and uh, Aaron Badley was the other Aussie that made the cut, finished tied 36. Missed cuts, unfortunately, for Jason Day. He's hit a bit of a form slump at the mm. moment. And also uh, Cam Davis. But the one thing about Cam Davis, he's got the President's Cup on his mind. It might even give him a bit more of a chance to do some practice and get to Quail Hollow a little early and, uh, and get some reps in for the match against the US. We'll do the uh, rest of the Aussies uh, on how they went on tour uh, a little later on. But, yeah, it just, it just did dawn on me that's probably the first time that Liv can claim a win. I mean, the top 10... Uh, as they finished, um, Homer was the highest ranked player, as you mentioned. Um, Danny Willett, who was a, um, a Masters winner in 2016, at that stage, uh, the, only the second Englishman to ever do it. He's now 149th in the world. Ricky Fowler finished tied for sixth alongside uh, Sahith Thigala, who is 55th in the world. Um, the other one, actually, to watch out, guy who finished third, Taylor Montgomery. Yep. Uh, a few years ago, I had a bit of a chat with him and his agent about him, his game and all that sort of stuff. And sort of gave him some bit, a bit of advice and, 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 and whatever he wanted to do. And this young guy, I tell you what, look out for that name, Taylor Montgomery. He's going to be an amazing golfer. Hideki Matsuyama was there. But as I said, that top 10 in Chicago, Sergio Garcia, Joaquin Neiman, Louis Eusthuizen, Charles Schwartzel, Phil Mickelson, Bryson DeChambeau, Dustin Johnson, Cameron Smith. I know that there's reasons for it. But it's the first time I think you could say, if I'm drawn to name, so if I'm looking to go see a movie, yes, that studio might have produced and has always produced the, the biggest movies, the, the, you know, the, the biggest stars and Academy Awards and all that kind of stuff. But there's this movie playing over here in another newer studio that's got some very, very well-known actors in it. And I'm saying that I'm looking up at the billing going... If I'm drawn to stars, there's more stars over there. Well, that's where Live Golf has been smart. They're, they've put their events on against the weaker field PGA Tour events. Yep. So you'll notice that that's their strategy on those because then they'll claim they have the best players that particular week. So it's very smart strategy by them. But, yeah, yeah you're right. Um, Name-wise, yeah, sure, the Live, the Live Tour definitely had the bigger of the two. But that's going to happen in such a long season for the PGA Tour. President's Cup. So Friday morning, about 3 a.m. our time. It starts, for those who aren't aware and understand the format of this, uh, please explain, Nick Ahern. Well, it's the US against the international team, international being the rest of the world other than Europe or, or the US. <laughs> it's, always a, it's, a, it's the greatest little caveat I can think of in world sport. Yeah. Wow, the inter, the rest of the world, not exactly. Not exactly. <laughs> Just <yeah>. minus. The... <laughs> but both sides have 12 players uh, first. So what happens is they play Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Sorry, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So Thursday, Friday, they play team events where it's uh, one day is going to be um, foursomes. The next day is going to be four ball. 
And then the Saturday, it's going to be 36 holes. So they play again, foursomes and four ball. And then the Sunday is the single. So there's a lot of points up for grabs over the four days. Um, they're going to play 90 holes of golf if you, if every match goes to the 18th hole, obviously. I'd have to say this is the biggest underdog story ever if the international team wins. I mean, Trevor Immelman has had his hands full, obviously, trying to select his team with, obviously, with Liv going on and Cam Smith not being eligible anymore. Uh, Joaquin Neiman, he had his two two of his best players, unfortunately, uh, pull out on him at the, at the last minute. The, interestingly enough, the U.S. team really remains unchanged. I mean, they haven't had much effect from the live guys. Just roll through those names. So on the U.S. side, you've got Scheffler, Shoffley, Justin Thomas, Tony Finau, Sam Burns, Patrick Cantlay, and then there's... That's a pretty strong That six. is as strong as it gets. So they were the automatic selections, and then they went with their picks, and listen to the picks. I mean, you've got Jordan Spieth, Colin Morikawa, Max Homer, Billy Horschel, Cameron Young, and Kevin Kisner. I mean... That's as again as strong. Well, as see it gets. now, if if that was if if it were talking stars, I would pick that team to beat the best <laughs> that Liv had to offer. Um, oh, definitely, yeah, yeah definitely. Um, on the international side, we've got Hideki Matsuyama, Sungjae Im, Tom King, uh, Tom Kim, an up and coming Korean superstar, Corey Connors, Adam Scott, and Mito Pereira. They were the six automatics, mm. and then we have K H Lee, Sebastian Munoz, Christian Zadenhut, Cam Davis, Siwoo Kim, and Taylor Pendrith. How are you expecting it to play? Because a lot of this is, because when it came out to Australia, it was incredibly well received and so exciting. I remember being out there covering it um, and it just felt like nothing we've really experienced in Australia before, which does tie into our conversations about why there's Aussie support for Liv coming here because PJ never has. But to, to be, to and to see those players of that ilk here on uh, one of our best courses was really special. Um how do you feel like uh, this is going to play out? I just hope it's not over by Saturday yeah, <laughs> is how yeah. I'm feeling. It's, as I said, it's like a heavyweight going against a, almost a, a light to a middleweight at the moment, mm. you know, in boxing terms. And look, match play, 18 holes, anything can happen. I know that better than anyone. Um, but unfortunately, history is not on the international side. We haven't won in... I don't know how many years. When was the mm. last time we won? It might have been nineteen. Because you're a you're a match day specialist. You're a match play specialist. Yeah. This is your this is where you shine. I've played in two Presidents Cups. The the feeling of a team event like that is is nothing like you ever experience in an individual event. The most nervous I've ever been is mm. in the Presidents Cups uh, on a first tee shot, as it turned out. But it's just one of those events where you rise to the occasion. It's very very hard not to get worn out as the week goes on because your mental energy is is is, is up all mm. week long. So you really have to conserve your energy both physically and mentally. And I think the good thing from the internationals is there's no scars there other than no, and there's no Adam, expectation Adam either. Scott, well, they've Matsuyama. got nothing to lose because no one expects them to win. Yeah, really, the only other guys that have played in this is Matsuyama, Sungjae Im, I think, and uh, Adam Scott mm. on the international side. They're expected to get hammered, so I'm yep. just hoping that they can put in a good performance, and you never know what might happen. Absolutely. Looking forward to seeing uh, the matchups and uh, who they decide to uh, pit up against who, which is going to be fascinating. Hey, still plenty more to come on Off the Tee. Of course, we'll tap into Nick's knowledge for his tip of the week, how to play your best golf, uh, all thanks to our friends at Big Swing Golf, the best golfing simulator experience uh, that you can involve yourself in. Nick Ahern's going to take us through one of the courses. There's about uh, over 85 different courses you can play from around the world on the Big Swing Golf Simulator. Nick's played them in real time and real life, and he will, uh, will give us his recollections of those as well on Off the Tee. You're listening to Off The Tee with Nick O'Hearn and Sam Hargraves. 
Listen back to any part of the show you might have missed by subscribing to the Off The Tee podcast. Still to come on Off The Tee, we always finish up with an excerpt uh, from the book How To Play Your Best Golf from Nick Ahern, where we tap into Nick's knowledge, so his tip of the week. And where's he taking us uh, for a course that he's played around the world and his recollections of it? You can play at Big Swing Golf. Um, Nick, last week you had a bombshell announcement for us, a big breaking news story. We got an exclusive on Off The Tee, where you announced that a new tournament was coming to Australian shores. Correct. The Cathedral Invitational, which is a cathedral country uh, golf and country club uh, a couple of hours outside of Melbourne, up towards Lake Yildon, an amazing golf course. Mm. I'm fortunate enough to be a member, David and Sonia Evans, uh, the owners of the course, and, and wanting to put this uh, tournament on, mm. a bit Augusta-like, sort of an invitational-style event. And uh, it's going to be the Monday, Tuesday after the Aussie Open, December the 5th and 6th. But I couldn't really announce who was coming. As, no, uh, you couldn't. And because as we, much we, as I tried to pry <laughs> it out of. But we, we can confirm a few names. And, and I'll give you a few just uh, on the men's side. On the women's side, we haven't quite confirmed them as yet. But Mark Leishman is playing, which is a that's big, big. That's a big catch. Jeff Ogilvie, of course. Oh. You know, US Open champion. And we've also got a live player there. It's uh, Wade Ormsby. He's oh, coming. From Team is, Punch. From Team Punch. Team Punch's very own. Uh, yeah. And a stalwart <laughs> on the European tour at the moment, a really good player, is uh, Jason Scrivener, the West Absolutely. Australian. So, so I can announce those four so far, and there will be more names coming as the weeks go by. Uh, anyone else? Oh, Nick O'Hearn might be playing. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. I've got to start practicing. Are you in, are you, how's, uh, how is the game? Have you got, are, oh. are you in good order at the moment? Oh, I'm playing a little bit. I do a lot yeah. of playing lessons, and that, but I haven't practiced in years. So I actually okay. I need to uh, work on the short game. All right. Well, we will monitor your progress in the build-up <laughs> uh, to that event. Uh, it, look, it's a phenomenal story how that course came into being. We told a bit of it last week, but David Evans just on the, the family property. He just kept walking out the backyard and hitting balls down a paddock and thought, oh, that could be a hole. And then walked up a little ravine, and, uh, at the top of the ravine, looked down and saw a clearing. Oh, that could be a hole. And then he called Greg Norman and made it 18 holes. <laughs> that's the way <laughs> that's to do how it, you, right? That's how he rolls. Uh, Aussies abroad. Uh, so we've spoken about the, uh, the live event that Cam Smith one uh, that Matt Jones came tied for 16th in at the Rich Harvest Farms uh, course in Chicago, uh, Illinois. But um, that we went through the PGA Tour. Harrison Endicott came 12th in that and tied for 12th in his first ever PGA event. Um, came through the Corn Ferry Tour. You mentioned Cam Percy, Aaron Baddeley, 25th and 36th respectively, and missing the cut, Cam Davis, Jason Day, uh, and New Zealand's Danny Lee. DP World Tour, um, uh, some decent results here. Yeah, it was a great finish too. It was the Italian Open at Marco Simone Golf Club, which is where the Ryder Cup is going to be held next year. That's going to going to be a fascinating event, mm. the US against the European side. But Scotland's Rob Robert McIntyre shot a final round seven under 64, which had 10 birdies in it. That's not bad. That works. 10 Handy. birdies. Yeah. Uh, he was three shots behind Matt Fitzpatrick at the start of the day. So they ended up going into a playoff. Uh, and which uh, McIntyre won on the first extra hole, yeah. a nice birdie. Rory McIlroy was up there. He was only one shot behind with three holes to go. Drivable path for 16th, hit it in the water. And that was kind of the end of the tournament for him. So, But it was another good finish from 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 Rory. He was in a tie for third with uh, Victor Perez, who's also going to probably be on the Ryder Cup team next year. Uh, it's a fantastic course, has that amphitheater style to it. It's going to be a really good venue. It's sort of similar like the Golf National in, in Paris, the last one that the Europeans hosted. But from the Aussies, best finish was uh, Lucas Herbert. Had yes. a great Had a great finish, 3 under 68 to finish. Then he goes on. Tied, uh, tied fifth for Lucas. 
making a President's Cup statement, perhaps. Maybe you should have I'm, picked I'm me. astounded that he missed. Yeah, I know. He's As I've said last week, he's actually the best putter on tour. And in match play, guess what? You want someone who can hold yep. some putts. So, yeah, it was a bit of a shame that he didn't get picked. But a great result for him. Uh, Jason Scrivener and Maverick Ancliffe, uh, the other Aussies, who made the cut, tied for 50. Fifth. Um, next event is the Kazu Open in France, mm. and then after that, the Dunhill links. But uh, um, Scotty Hen missing the cup, but Min Woo Lee as well, who's who couldn't quite um, cement his uh, PGA Tour card again when he tried, finished up the year on the Corn Ferry Tour. His world ranking had had got, got really strong. I think he was. Uh, he got into the top 50 at one yeah, point. Yeah, he was, and then just a bit back out. But um, yeah, he's just had a bit of a lean spell over yeah, the last like, few weeks as we've been following him. Leaking a bit of oil at the moment, unfortunately. And the thing yep. with Min Woo is he's very streaky. So when he's on, he's really on. But he can, um, he doesn't have that consistency that that his that his sister has, Min Ji Lee. So uh, that's what he's really trying to build into his game. Uh, who else has uh, impressed you with some of their results from around the world? Mm. Well, on the LPGA Tour, uh, they had the Portland Classic, where Hannah Green, funnily enough, won there in 2019. Mm. She came very close again. Tied for third, shot 67 the last round. Um, but uh, that's her seventh top 10 this year, which is amazing for her. And she's heading back home to Perth for a bit of a break. The other Aussies, uh, Sarah Kemp tied 36 and Karis Davidson tied for 47th. In the end, American Andrea Lee shot 66 to win her first LPGA Tour event, which is always great when you win your first one. So Absolutely. Congrats, congratulations to uh, Andrea. On the Epson Tour, which is the secondary tour, they played in Alabama, the, Guardi- the Guardian Championship, Maria Torres, uh, had a two-shot win for her first win. Uh, best of the Aussies, Grace Kim. She seems to be up there week in, week yes. out. Yes. She was in the top five or six going into the last round, slipped a little, shot an even par, but finished tied for 13th. And Gabby Russ- Ruffles, again, another solid finish, tied so for she, 17th. Is Grace Kim still in the margin to make oh, to, yes. to qualify? So yeah. she looking like, unless barring something quite unfortunate and unforeseen, that no, she she's, will she's get, her, yeah. Yeah, get her LPGA to, to a card for... Top 10 get the cards. She's yep. fourth, and she's been fourth for quite a while, and she's yep. playing really solid. The ones who have a real chance, but they need to light it up in the last three events, is Gabby Ruffles, who's 13th on the money list, and then Robin Choi in 14th. Uh, moving across, again, back across the pond to the Champions Tour, uh, Steve Stricker won his second straight Champions Tour event. Mm. He's an amazing golfer and a lovely guy, Steve Stricker. He beat uh, Robert Carlson in a playoff. Best of the Aussies was... Stuart Appleby, my old neighbour, finishing tied for 16th. Good to see Stewie playing well. Shot a five under 65 in the last round. And I want to make mention on the ladies' European tour. I'm sort of crisscrossing the pond here, but history was made. And what I mean by that is rookie professional from Morocco, Ines Lakhladesh. Mm-hmm. I believe that's well done. How, I believe that's how you say it. She became the first Arab and the first North African woman to win on the ladies' European tour at the French Open in Deville in France. So the 24-year-old from Casablanca, she defeated Meg McLaren on the first playoff hole, but that is history in the making. And when we're talking about growing the game, you know, for an Arab woman to win, that mm. might, might inspire the next young it's, Arab it's, girl it's somewhere. Yep. And th- this is what it's all about. This is yep. what growing the game is all about. So I'm just so wrapped for her. She's only out the second uh, Arab woman to compete, to compete on the LET, the Ladies European Tour behind Maha Had. Hadoui, I believe, who also plays out there as well. So a great uh, a great victory for golf in a way in that sense. Unfortunately, mm. on the Aussie front on that actual tournament, uh, Whitney Hillier missed the cut, who was the only Aussie playing. The expression, if you see it, if you can see it, you can be it. And we've found now that through, whether it be uh, things like AFLW or women's cricket, um, places where women haven't normally been able to compete and play, 
Um, once we just carve in, a li- make, once we make a little inroad, then we make a big inroad. And um, and this is just another area where, you know, in countries and areas where women haven't been encouraged or allowed to play sport, mm. when we finally get some coming through that do and the impact that it can have for the good, yeah, oh. it, it's so powerful. Well, you just look at the global reach Tiger Woods has put on everyone as well. So it's that's the game of golf, growing the game. Beautifully said uh, and beautifully done. Uh, when we come back, a tip from you. We tap into Nick's knowledge and where you're taking us around the world uh, to give us your insights into a golf course that you can play at Big Swing Golf, the best simulator experience that you can find. Back after this on Off The Tee. You're listening to Off The Tee with Nick O'Hearn and Sam Hargraves. Listen back to any part of the show you might have missed by subscribing to the Off The Tee podcast. Uh, Nick's knowledge with his tip of the week in just a moment, but all thanks to our very good friends at Big Swing Golf. It's indoor golf. It's real. It's fun. It's fast. You can go for casual play, functions, family fun. There is their own BSG league. You can get coaching as well, and you can play at over 80 four of some of the world's best courses. Nick Ahern has played them in real life. You can play them uh, all up and down the eastern seaboard at bigswinggolf.com.au. Where are you taking us this week, Nick? Well, I'm heading back over to the US. We're going to uh, go to a place probably not many people have heard of. It's called Wade Hampton, which is about two hours northeast of Atlanta, I would say, in sort of the western corner of North Carolina near a town called Cashiers. And the reason I know about this place and I've played there is because I used to go up there for holidays. It's a beautiful mountainous area. Is that right? Yeah, and it's actually in the top 50 courses in America. That's which, so it's, very impressive. It's a really impressive golf course designed by Tom Fazio. And the thing that I loved about it was it had a very Augusta-like feel to it, sort of rolling mm. fairways uh, with the pine trees on each side, quite a lot of water, very strong golf course, quite undulating. The greens are always magnificent. And it was one of those... Um, American golf course where the service is just absolutely unbelievable. I know mm. we can't get the service on the simulator, but you're going to play some stunning par fours. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> stunning par, dog leg par fours, some great par three. There's a beauty, beauty on the front nine, the sixth hole. It's only a wedge down the hill with a creek, but it's very, very challenging. And then the 18th hole to finish, there's a creek running all the way along and then just to the side of the green as well. It's, it's one of the best finishing holes with a clubhouse that sits up atop of this hill. It's just that beautiful sort of southern look to the clubhouse, and it's just an amazing place. What's the name of the course again? Wade Hampton. One of the over 84 that you can play on the simulator at Big Swing Golf. It's indoor golf. It's real. It's fun. It's fast. It's a massive screen. Exciting virtual games. Big Swing Golf delivers a -a one-of-a-kind simulation that's fun for golfers and non-golfers alike. How to Play Your Best Golf is Nick Ahern's book, and uh, he is so gracious as to just open one of the pages each and every week on Off the Tee and give us some of Nick's knowledge with his tip of the week. Max Homer, we see chip in uh, to win uh, the PGA Fortinet Championship. Um, he birdied the last to get a one-shot win. You spoke before about the fact that you're about to go back into preparing for the uh, Cathedral Invitational. So you said that you need to work on your short game. How do you go about doing that? Some chipping tips, please. Definitely chipping. And if you did watch the telecast and you watched Max Homer, the one thing you will notice, he actually didn't take a divot on this chip. He just sort of beautifully brushed it off the grass. And that's what you're really looking for when you have a nice lie with chipping is you want to bruise or brush the grass. You don't want to gouge it. So Mm. when you gouge it, that means you're using the leading edge. Whereas if you brush it, you're sort of using the bounce on on the sand iron or whatever club you're using with. Um, for me personally, I love to have the feet close together. If you're a right-handed golfer, turn your left foot out. Okay, turn your left foot out a little bit, which means 
what that's going to do is it's going to open up your left hip and will allow you to turn your hips through the ball because the hips and the lower body. Oh, I'm doing this as we speak, and yes, <laughs> the lower body is really important in chipping, which yeah. most people think about chipping as the hands and the arms, but no, it's actually the hips, and you want to get those moving through the ball. And I like to say the hands and the arms are just more along for the ride. A nice soft grip is really important with chipping. If you hold the club too tightly, you're not going to have any feel, no touch, and you'll get a bit quick on it. We, the rhythm and the tempo to the, to the swing is, is also a key. So however fast you take it back, take it through at the, at the same speed. But focus on those hips, turning them through, and have your hands and your arms just nice and connected and try and brush or bruise the ground rather than gouge into it. If you find that you're you know, taking too, too big a divot, it probably means your hands are a bit too far forward and you're coming in a bit too steep. If you're sculling them, maybe the hands are a bit far back and you're coming in a bit too shallow. And what's the biggest mistake that people often make with chipping? For me, it's always that I, what you said about as, as, as you bring it back and bring it through, take it all the way through. So I don't follow through well enough and mm. I sort of, I almost check it. Yeah, I find a lot of people take it back short and then follow through a long way or they change speeds from the backswing to the follow through. You want that nice rhythm back and through, take it back and through at the same pace. Uh, the other thing I do find with some people is they get a bit handsy on the way through, a bit too much wrist movement, and that can lead to some really bad stuff. So just sort of feel as though your hands are, are relaxed, but they're not too active. A lesson in golf and a lesson in life. Do not be handsy. Uh, <laughs> Nick Ahern, great work from you. Always a pleasure, Sam. We'll speak to you next week. Uh, enjoy the President's Cup uh, over the weekend. Uh, we'll be giving you a full and comprehensive review of that next week, uh, 8 o'clock on Off the Tee. Until then. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.